Located on the edges of your radio static, you've stumbled upon the lost signal. Tonight, we bring you Robert Arthur's terrifying tale of a lost city and visitors from another realm, the Black Door. This tale originally aired on Suspense in 1961. Hey everyone, my name is Eddie, producer, legend, and host of my Crunchy Podcast over on the Podmoth Media Network. If you're looking for something chaotic, somewhat messy, and very incomprehensible, then go stream my Crunchy Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So stop searching and start listening to all your new faves from the Podmoth Media Network team. mistake I made was going through that black door. If I'd left it shut the way it was, sealed tight, everything would have been fine. I'd have married Marsha, become a full professor, had my name in all the papers. Huh. There's no use telling the story backwards, is there? First things first, as old Professor Wentworth would always say, First thing in this case is the grant I received to hunt for a lost city in Central America. The city of the Fire God. Which might mean something. Or might mean nothing. Anyway, I got the grant from the university, chartered a modern helicopter for three months, flew it down to Central America, got the necessary government permissions, and made my base of operations in the tiny little town of San Marcos on the coast. As nearly as I could figure from the manuscript, the city of the Fire God was someplace among the mountains in the area. So I flew back and forth over the mountains in the helicopter, keeping a lookout for ruins in the jungles of the mountain valleys. And for two and a half months, I saw nothing except trees and rocks. In the town, I was charitably looked upon as a crazy Yankee. And finally, even the children stopped staring at me. But I was getting pretty discouraged trying to forget my troubles with a glass of tequila and a little garden outside the town's only cafe, while a young man with a guitar serenaded a girl nearby. Waiter? Waiter? Ah, there you are. Oh, very sorry, sir. Uh, I'm not the waiter. He's... 
Busy. Busy? No one's been busy in this town since Columbus discovered America. <laughs> That's very true, sir, but uh, I have uh, paid the waiter to go somewhere else. That's why he's uh, busy. <laughs> Look at this, sir. Let me see that. It's a tiny statue. Very old. Ah. Looks like it's carved out of volcanic basalt in the style of the oldest known Mayan carving. Where'd you get that? Oh, my grandfather. He gave it to me when he died. Where'd he get it? Sir, that is a harder question. Now look, if you came here just to play games... No, no, no. Sir, that is why I send away the weight. So we can talk. Confidentially. Yes, well. Let's talk. Confidentially. Where did that little statue come from? From the mountains, sir. The whole country is mountains. See? This is true. But... You see, my grandfather was a great hunter. Once he followed a wounded jaguar high into the mountains. Mm -hmm. And some savages then followed my grandfather. Yes. Uh, he was wounded. And to escape, he climbed a great cliff. Go on. And he reached the top. And on the other side, he saw a dead city. A dead city? Ceasing. Silent, lifeless, far below him. He tried to climb down to it, and he failed, sir. For three days he lay unconscious, and when he recovered his senses, he had the fever. They found him in the jungle, crawling on his hands and knees, clutching this little statue and saying, over and over, La Puerta Negra! La Puerta Negra! The what? The black door, senor. The black door? Then, my poor grandfather. He was never strong enough to go hunting again in his life, but... He kept this little statue. And he said it had saved his life. What did he mean by the black door? One cannot say, sir. He could not remember. He... Surely, he went back to the Lost City, right? He must have. Well, no. He was not strong enough. Besides, there were the savages. But you mean nobody ever tried to find the city again? Well, why would they, senor? It belonged to the dead. They might be angry if the living came to disturb them, huh? Those are just old superstitions. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, me, I am not superstitious. I... I speak English well. Uh, would you wish to find the lost city? I am Peter Ramirez, and I know where it is. Go on. You see, my grandfather described it to me. The mountains where it is hidden. Yes? 
They are three days' walk from here. Well, at three days now, that's 50 or 60 miles. What direction? <laughs> uh, what is the question? What direction? The most important question. I get it. How much? A mere pittance for a rich Yankee, sir. One thousand dollars. A thousand dollars? And, uh, one half of all the treasure. What treasure is that? Oh, there must be treasure, sir. Why else would you seek this lost city? Because I want to become a professor at a university and marry a girl named Marcia, whose father is the head of the Department of Archaeology, all right? All right. A thousand dollars. If you actually guide me to this city you say your grandfather found. <clears throat> and, uh, half the treasure. Yes, half the treasure. If there is any. We sealed the bargain with a glass of tequila. And the next day, Pete... And the next day, Peter came with me in the helicopter. He directed me to fly to the southeast, and I did hovering as low as I dared over the rocky edges of jungle. We've come more than 50 miles, Peter. No sign of that city yet. Oh, but there is, sir. Uh, there. To the left, there's a mountain. What? That? Crazy. That's the cone of an extinct volcano. See? And the lost city is inside the volcano. Wait a minute. How could that be? Well, I do not know. I was not there when it was built. On the other hand, city of the fire god. I wonder... Well, I haven't looked into that volcano yet, so here goes. And we came over a deep circular valley. Grown up with jungle now, but there, in the center of the jungle, was a group of stone buildings dominated by a vast ruined temple. Sir! Sir, the lost city of my grandfather! It is rich with treasure. I have the feeling. Well, even if it isn't, this is one of the biggest finds in the history of Central America. We're going down now. We'll set down in that level spot right there in front of the temple. We settled in front of the old temple. I cut the motors and for a moment we just sat there, taking it in. The stone towers, the ancient carvings, the massive walls that had been put in place by men whose bones had turned to dust maybe three, four thousand years ago. And then we climbed out. We were both armed. We had flashlights. And I had a small hammer and chisel tucked into my belt. Aboard the helicopter I had a case of dynamite if any blasting was necessary, but this was just to be a preliminary survey so I left it where it was. Peter and I found ourselves on a big stone plaza with the partially ruined temple in front of us. The entrance was flanked by two tremendous stone carvings. 
Oddly enough, they looked very like something from Egypt. Human figures. With heads that were vaguely dog-like. Which made them seem most unbeautiful. Senor? Those statues. I do not like them. Yes. They are rather odd. But I'm more interested in those designs carved in the rock above them. Oh, the designs, sir. Oh. They but show the moon. The new moon and the old moon. Yes. There are moons all over the front of the temple. Now that's unusual. Most of the old civilizations in this area worship the sun. See, but... I cannot help wondering. Wondering what? Why the man who made those statues... put the heads of dogs on them. It was dark inside the temple. But our flashlights gave us enough light. Vast stone pillars supported the roof high above us as we moved down a lengthy corridor. And then we came into a central rotunda. It got some sunlight through a crack in the roof. Look, senor! Gold! I am rich! I am rich! Peter was right. Ranged in a circle in the middle of the rotunda were twelve golden statues, about five feet high. They were all human figures with dog-like heads, and they were all looking at a spot on the floor in the middle of the circle they made. Gold, senor. And look, jewels. Jewels, baskets of them. Oh, sir, I am the richest man in the world. The front of each statue, a carved stone basket. Each one has a handful of gems in it. Obviously, these statues were worshipped, and the gems were tribute. Peter, have you taken a good look at these statues? Shine your light on this one. Oh, madre mia. Again, the head of a dog. Yes. They're all dog-headed statues, and all their eyes are focused on one spot over there. Seems to be something carved on the floor. Let's see what that is. Okay. Sir, that is most strange. A round black carving on the floor. Almost like a globe or a map. Ah. Uh, good boy. Do you know what this is supposed to be? No, sir. I cannot guess. It's the moon. Hmm? Carved on the floor. In black basalt, the moon. Ah! It's most strange. I don't know the half of it, because the formations carved here, they're not the formations our astronomers know. If this carving represents the real geography of the moon... Peter. Yes, sir. The artist who called this must have seen the dark side, which 
no human being has ever glimpsed. I know it sounds crazy, but the more I studied that round black carving, the more I was convinced it was an accurate relief map of the dark side of the moon. And then we discovered something else. Around the rim of that black disc was a series of crevices filled with tar. I dug the tar out and under it, in each crevice, we found a small, basalt statuette, like the one that Peter had originally showed me. In each crevice but one, which was empty. C'est aussi the story of my grandfather. The story of my grandfather is true, the little statue he brought back. Look, it just fits into this tiny hole. Yes. Yes, it does. Black door. This must be the black door that you talked about. See, si. the Puerta Negra. The black door. But, uh, how does it open? I don't know. No, wait. Suppose we stand each of these little statues upright. See? Si. Yeah. They fit tightly like handles. If we push them... PUSH! It's turning! And now it's loose! We can lift it up! It's coming! Coming! <sighs> it's open. There's a flight of steps leading down into the heart of the old volcano. We stood there, staring down into that black passageway that seemed to go down, down endlessly. I didn't like the looks of it. But Peter had gold fever. He thought there might be whole vaults of treasure down below. I couldn't talk him out of looking, so I went along too. The tunnel sloped downward into the heart of the ancient volcano. We came across evidence of much usage, broken pottery, strange carvings on the wall. Our curiosity led us until presently we came to a cavern whose walls seemed to be lined by a curious growth. So look! Yeah, mushrooms. Something very much like mushrooms. Solid sheets of it, all lining the walls. Now that's not what I mean. Look here. Look through here. Narrow crevice. There's a room in there. Oh, it's not a room. It is what's in the room. Come, shine your light. And let us live, sir. It's got you worked up. It can't be. I see. Skeletons, sir. Many skeletons. Hundreds. Right upon one another. Full of human bones. Much as I hate to say it, what's in them? Ones I can see have tooth marks on them. Let us leave here swiftly. Let us, let us return to the helicopter. Let us take the treasure and go. Easy now, Peter. These bones have been here hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Old bones, new bones. 
don't like these bones. There's no cause for alarm, unless... I don't know. Why are you studying those mushrooms so hard, sir? Well, these mushrooms certainly haven't been here for a thousand years, and along here it looks to me as if big handfuls of them have been broken off. Broken off? But why? There's only one thing I know you can do with mushrooms, and that's eat them. Peter and I stood staring at each other. I was pretty sure that something, or somebody, had recently been eating that mushroom-like fungus. And I was beginning to wonder what, or who. When we heard it, from somewhere far down below us. So what is that? Sounded like a dog howling. A dog? No. <laughs> that is no dog. Well, if it's not a dog, what is it? It's a demon, sir. A devil. Would you forget that superstition? It's something down there. Seems impossible, though, that it's something living. If we do not leave, there will be something dying. Please, come, let's go. All right, but I'm trying to figure out what on earth that could... Mr. Landry, those are not dogs upstairs. The statues, they're, they're the people with heads of dogs upon them. Do you not realize what it is that is howling? Until that second, I hadn't made the connection. And then I realized the full significance of those statues. It couldn't be. It was impossible. What other answer was that? We turned ahead for the surface, and just as we did so, I saw something coming up the tunnel toward us. Something that was a pallid white shape in the light of my flashlight. Something running on all fours and howling hungrily as it did so. Shoot it, Landry! Shoot! That stopped it. Now let's get out of here. We didn't even stop to look at what I'd shot. I'm not sure I wanted to look. We just turned and ran up that long tunnel to the surface. And as we went, the howling things pursued us. We could hear them behind us like a pack of hungry animals. From time to time, I turned to fire my gun. We finally popped out into that ruined temple with the twelve dog-headed guards, and I understood at last what the black door was for. It sealed the entrance to the underground world where they lived. Peter and I flung ourselves on the ground where the great round slab of black rock was. And we couldn't move it. It was wedged open somehow and we couldn't get it closed. Sir! Sir, quickly! They will follow us in a moment! Looks like they're gathered down there beyond the first bend. I obviously don't like light. 
Well, they're getting up their courage. Well, we gotta shut them in. We can't let those things loose. This door shut. You can do nothing. The helicopter, quickly. I've got it. The dynamite in the helicopter will blow in the mouth of the tunnel. But, sir, you heard me. It'll only take 60 seconds. Help me with that case of dynamite. It took us less than a minute to get the case of dynamite, bring it back inside the temple, and light a fuse. Then I shoved the hole case down the steps into the black tunnel. Peter and I hurried back into the open, scrambled to the helicopter and started the motor just in case. Senor Landry! What is it? The treasure! The jewels! We did not bring them! We can get them after the tunnel's blown in. You don't want to tangle with those dog-headed creatures, do you? No, 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 no. What are they? They must be demons, then. Not of this earth. I agree with you, but they're not demons. <laughs> That'll do it. Tunnel's close, but good. Peter. Sir. Temple is collapsing. The earth's shaking. It's an earthquake! There's only one place for us to go, and that's straight up. The helicopter jumped a thousand feet, straight up into the air, just before the temple crashed on the spot where we had been. And then we watched from a box seat while the lost city crumbled into ruins. The dynamite blast had triggered off an earthquake, and the earthquake rocked the ground like a man shaking a baby's rattle. The jewels, the gold. Down there, under all those rocks. Yeah. But so are those dog-headed creatures. Suppose they'd gotten loose in the world. Suppose they'd gotten loose in the world after being caged underground for thousands of years. Of all the treasure, for a little while I was the richest man in the world. I owned a lost city full of jewels, but now I own them. After things quiet down, I can bring back an expedition. We'll dig in the ruins. Jules will still be there. It's true. I will be rich yet, huh? By myself. A thousand automobiles. Hundreds of the finest shirts. I will smoke only the best cigars. All day long. I have servants to everything. Uh, I am ruined. Huh? I am ruined! What is it now? It's that volcano. It's coming back to life. See, the smoke is rising from the ground. Well, that tied it. The dynamite triggered an earthquake, and the earthquake opened up fissures leading far down to where the volcanic fires had been banked for thousands of years. By the time we got ten miles away, the entire mountain was blowing up in a vast, spouting firestorm of ashes and molten rock. Somewhere, down in the heart of that inferno, was the lost city of the Fire God. It would have made my reputation. Enough treasure to pay off the national debt. And a howling mob of creatures you wouldn't want to meet this side of hell. 
Well, that's the story. You read about the new volcano. Now you know what caused it. Would you like to know my theory about those creatures? It's this. Six or seven thousand years ago, this old earth had some visitors. Refugees, you might call them. Some of them settled in Egypt, some in Central America. They brought some highly scientific skills with them, including the secret of overcoming gravity. They ruled for a while, worshipped as gods, and then died out. All except a few found, inside an old volcano, a spot. Just about like home. The native priests managed to lock them in behind that black door. They kept them prisoners. And after the natives died out, dog people existed underground, living on mushrooms, and keeping their race alive at an animal level. Well, they're gone now. But here's a tip for the Army and the Air Force. When you land your first missiles on the moon, keep your eyes open and your guns ready. Because inside those tremendous craters of the moon, living far underground where maybe there's still warmth and air, I have a hunch you're going to be running into people. People who look a lot like us. Except for their heads. Returning now to the edges of your radio static, this has been The Lost Signal. Follow us on Twitter at The Lost Signal 1 and Instagram at The Lost Signal Podcast. Also, follow and rate us on iTunes. Thank you and good night.